Um, and I, I just want to be really clear. Um, we, when, we were, when we were coming up with these values, and particularly the, the subheading, where it says, uh, we want to honour God with all that he's given us, our time, our talents, and it was going to say our treasures, just because it's an alliterative, and they're all T's. And we decided against treasures because it made it sound like we wanted your money. And that's not what generosity is about. It's partly what it's about, but that's not, that's not what the value of generosity is about. Okay? So time, talents and resources, that's what we're thinking about. Um, we are a generous fellowship. We are a generous church already. This is one of our core values. This is one I would say that we have put into practice, one that we live out regularly. Um, and, uh, and we've, you know, we've seen that, um, our, our continued giving through the pan- pandemic. Um, although our, our outgoings went down because we weren't able to do half of the stuff that we wanted to do or would usually do, um, our giving was consistent. Uh, we've got some financial challenges ahead. We know if you're a church member, you know that we've, you know, we're, we're okay financially. We've got a big building project that we're looking to do. Um, that's going to put a strain on our, our resources. Um, our giving is down but not because we are giving less but because there are less of us here who are giving so we are still maintaining our our giving at the level that we were at previously but there is fewer of us now so we we are still a generous church so please don't hear this this morning as we look at this value don't hear this this morning as you're not giving enough as trustees and, and as the treasurer, we would always say we would love you to give more if you're able, but you give according to what you feel God says you should give, not because somebody at the front, either in a, a service or in a, a meeting, is, is moaning about giving because there are no, there are no moans from us. Okay, but as we, as we think about... Um, I'm going to sit down for a minute. Um, as, we, um, as we think about generosity, um, we need to start by remembering that we are made in the image of a generous God, that, that our loving Heavenly Father is the most generous person, and yet we're made in his image, and we're called to be like him. Okay, so that's where we start uh, from. And um, uh, I want to have a look at uh, a few verses this morning. I don't have a preach for you. I've got some questions for you, and we're going to look at some scriptures together. Um, but uh, I want us to start in John 3 and verses 16 and 17. Now, we, we know verse 16, I think, really well. We're not usually very good at linking it with verse 17, but I think it's really important. Um, excuse me. And it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but will have eternal life. This is the bit that we know really well. And the bit that we don't know quite so well, probably, In verse 17, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. When we think about about God as as our generous, loving, heavenly Father, as we've just sung in that last song, Jesus paid it all. Jesus gave everything. God gave his only Son in order that we would be free to come back into a relationship with God. That's, that's the kind of generosity that, that we have to try and, try and match up to. We'll never get there. But that's, that's the level that God sets, isn't it? Jesus paid it all in sacrifice to us. All to him, I owe. 
And then um, I think I used this in, when, when we last spoke about, about this value. It's in, um, in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. Uh, and in response to the tithe of the people, in response to the offering of the people, God says, I will throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out my blessing on you. That, uh, that God is a generous God and that when we are generous too, he becomes even more generous. He gives even more. He pours out blessing upon blessing upon blessing. And then in, uh, in 1 Kings chapter 3, um, I was reading this in my notes this week, my, uh, my study notes, and uh, um, it's, the context is that Solomon is taking the throne, uh, that David um, is handing over to Solomon, and God says to Solomon, he asks, uh, whatever you want, ask me and I'll give it to you. As you begin your reign, as you prepare for your reign as king, whatever it is you want, ask me and I will give it to you. And, and Solomon goes on and he bears testimony to God's goodness and God's faithfulness to his father, David. Um, and then he admits, Solomon admits, this task is too big for me. He says, I'm just a child. This task is too big for me. So he says, what, what I ask is for wisdom and for a discerning heart. Wisdom and a discerning heart. And let's, uh, let's hear what happens then from, uh, this is, um, uh, where are we? 1 Kings 3, 10 to 14. Verse 10 says, The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this, and so God said to him, Since you have asked for this, and not for long life, not for wealth for yourself, and nor have you asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment in administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never be anyone, never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. And then this is what really struck me this week in verse 13. He says, Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both wealth and honour, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. And if you walk in obedience to me, and keep my decrees and commands, as David your father did, I will give you a long life. God says, ask me for anything that you want, and I'll give it to you. And Solomon says, well, what I want is this, I want wisdom and a discerning heart. God says, no problem, you've got it. I'm pleased that you've asked for that, I'm going to give it to you. But then he says, and I'm also going to give you these other things that I expected you to ask for, and you didn't. And I'm, I'm going to give the things that you didn't even know that you wanted or needed because I'm a generous God. It doesn't say that in scripture, but you see it. It comes through loud and clear. I'm going to give you what you have not even asked for. So I hope we see, just in those few verses as we start, we see um, that God is a generous God, that he pours out his blessings on us, whether we, whether we want them, whether we need them, whether we deserve them or not. And now I'm going to ask um, Doug Crisp to come and read today's reading, which is from Acts chapter 4. Um, and then we're going to think about, well, how do we see um, generosity lived out in these scriptures? Thank you, Doug. Our reading is from Acts chapter 4 verses 32 to the end and we're reading from the Revised Standard Version. Now the company of those who believed 
were of one heart and soul, and no one said that any of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles gave their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet and distribution was made to those in need. Thus Joseph, who was surnamed by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold a field which belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the feet of the apostles. This is the word of the Lord. So we see um, the, the outworking of, uh, of generosity in these verses. The, the early church lived out the generosity that, that Father God had shown. Um, and as they, as they came together, this, this is the, the very early church. This has only been established uh, for a short time at this point. Um, and we see in, in Acts chapter 4 and verse 33, all the believers were one in heart and mind. We talked about this in our last series, didn't we, about being all in, um, about being one part of the same body, um, about having unity even in diversity. Their, their attitude affected their actions. They were all as one. Um, I'm, I'm really thrilled that at recent um, church meetings, probably over the last year and a half, we've, we've been, on occasions, we've been completely unanimous on many decisions. And on others, we've just been one or two votes off, completely unanimous. Uh, we've been of one heart and one mind. Uh, on, on things which might be quite subjective. Um, I can't remember the exact vote on, on going ahead with the building project, but if it wasn't absolutely unanimous, it was, it was one or two votes. Um, and, and given where we've been, where we've come from, and how long this project has been going on, that in itself is a miracle. That's, that's God at work, isn't it? All the believers were at one in heart and mind, and their attitude affected their actions. And we see it later on in this, uh, in this passage, in the next verse. Um, no needy people were among them because they all brought what they had in order to meet the needs. They sold their possessions. They gathered the money and they shared it with anyone who has need. Now we, we, we do that in this church, maybe not quite um, in that way. We... Um, and, and this is something, this is a practice that's kind of fallen away a little bit because of uh, COVID and changes in what we've been doing. Um, but we have something called the Fellowship Fund. Um, and usually at communion we take two offerings. Uh, the second offering, the first one is a general offering. The second one is, um, it goes into what's called the Fellowship Fund. And if, if anyone is in need, um, we can come to the, to the elders and say, actually there's a particular need in this family, uh, for this individual in their life, um, and we are able to make a gift 
from that fund on our behalf. It's a privilege that we have as elders to be able to do that on behalf of us as members. But that's what it looks like. But, but these early um, believers went one step further. They didn't just say, well, out of, out of the money that I'm getting, I'm going to give a portion in my general offering and I'm going to give a portion to the fellowship fund. They, they actively went and sold what they had in order to meet that need. Now, I'm not going to ask you who's got a second car in the fellowship, um, but what would it look like to, for us to sell our second car in order to meet somebody else's need? What would it look like to, to downsize our house and give in order to meet somebody else's need? What would it look like to buy, instead of a top-of-the-range phone, go for a mid- or bottom-of-the-range that does all the things you need it to do and give the money that you otherwise would have spent to meet somebody else's need? That's, that's what the early church did. So they put into practice the generosity that they experienced from God and they, they allowed it to change them and, and to change their behaviour. So I'm going to stop there just for a minute and I want you just to talk to one another, talk to those around you just for, just for a minute or two. What other ways might we be generous with our money? In the same way that the, um, the early church was. So I've given, I've given three examples and they might seem extreme, but what other ways might we be able to act in a way that shows generosity to those in need around us? Off you go. I wonder if we might have a little bit of background music. Unprompted. Sorry, Neil. So I wonder who's, uh, who's going to share, what have, you, what have you come up with, what might you do, what might we do, sorry I'm not suggesting it's just you, what might we do to share uh, in the blessings that we have with others? Yes, right at the back. Yeah. Great, thank you. So for those who couldn't hear, um, that you, uh, when, when I talked about selling your second car, you don't necessarily need to sell your second car, but you could lend it to someone. Um, I have to say, somebody, um, oh, a number of people said that to us when, when Tracy started visiting mum and dad in, in Andover regularly, and we would, we would struggle with one car. A number of people said, you know, we've, we've got a second car, just come and ask us and you can, you can borrow it to, to make that journey. Great, thank you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you. Yeah. So that's a gift of time and talent, isn't it? Investing your time to give a lift to someone uh, if they need transport and they, they either can't drive themselves or don't drive. Yeah, John.
Absolutely, yes. Yeah, thank you, John. Yeah, so just uh, for those who couldn't hear, um, John was saying that when he, when he was made bankrupt some years ago, he had about three years where he couldn't get credit and was really struggling. Um, and, uh, and some members of a, a church that he was part of at the time, somebody gave him a bike in order that he could get around. Uh, someone lent him a car. And he said, that's just such a, an encouragement when you're in that need. Um, you know, for someone to, to give up their bike might be a relatively minor thing. I would give up my bike tomorrow. Not, not just because I'm not riding it at the minute, but because I don't ride it very often. But, but for someone to do that makes a huge difference, doesn't it? Yeah, Isaac. Excellent, thank you. Yeah, so, um, so not, not just um, embodying those values, um, but actually explaining to people why. You know, as John experienced it for himself and knew uh, why generosity was important. He understood the impact it had on him, but actually for us to explain to people, well, well why do we value authenticity in this church? Um, why do we value risk-taking? Or why do we want to move towards valuing risk-taking? For people to understand the reason behind them as well. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So my, my examples were big things, weren't they? Downsize your house, sell your car. And even your phone. But it's the little things as well. Lorraine just said, you know, it can, it can just be a cup of coffee or it can be knowing that someone is there when you need them. That is an act of generosity as well. Yeah, so two more. We'll come to Sheila and then we'll come to Val. Thank you. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, so Sheila's just saying about having a, an awareness of the needs around us, not being so wrapped up in us and our situation, um, being aware of the needs of others so that we can meet those needs. You know, and that's, I have to say, that's one of, the, one of the hardest things as elders, as we talk about the fellowship fund, is we don't always know what the need is. And so we, we regularly go to our life group leaders in particular and say, you know, and if you know of anybody who's, who's struggling and who needs that blessing, would you let us know? Because we're not aware of it. Um, and, it, and it's all too easy to, to not use that money when it's, when it's sat there. Yes, thank you, Val. Yeah. 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 Ye
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Val was just saying that you don't, you don't necessarily need to sell your home, that you can share your home. Uh, she said it doesn't really cost you anything either, and John said, well, it does. Um, I, I have to say that, that probably my, one of my greatest, I, I, not that I'm taking credit for it, but one of the greatest successes in my ministry in my last church came out of a crisis moment with a family in veritable needs where suddenly we had to house three of their children um, and, and separately as well. Um, and people, not, from our, not just from our church, but from another church nearby, stepped up and stepped in just for a short time um, and housed those, those children. Uh, and they are absolutely flying in life now because of that relatively small intervention. But it was, it was absolutely life-changing for them. And it was generosity on a very different level. You know, and we're seeing it at the minute with... Ukrainian refugees, aren't we? People welcoming them into their homes. Um, and, uh, and there is a cost. You're right, John. You're absolutely right. There is a cost. Um, but that's okay. That's what, what being generous is about. Um, I, I want to get to the, uh, to the children and young people and, and their, their sheets in, um, in just a moment. But, but I, I want to say that, you know, we, we talk about being generous with our time, as, as Trevor said, you know, whether it was uh, giving lists, uh, our talents, you know, as, as people who serve on the worship team and the tech team every week, um, you know, they, they give of their time, but they're giving of their talents in order to, to be generous to us. Uh, and we are, we are blessed by them. Um, but also our resources. We focused a bit more on our resources this morning. Um, but there are ways that we can be generous in, in all those different areas. We want, to be, um, we want to be generous with our compassion. We want to be generous with grace generous with encouragement, generous in our prayers for one another, our love for one another. Um, we can be generous with our food and with our wealth as well. But there's, it's much more than just those things. Um, it's, uh, it's so much more. And we'll, we'll get to the, the children's um, things in a moment. And we, we talked about, um, I think we said, was it last week or maybe the week before, uh, about the fact that everything that we have comes from God. And so how are we going to give back? How are we going to use the things that God has given us in order to be a blessing to others around us? Well, we're going to go all in. That was the message from last week and from our last series. And we heard in, in the scripture last week, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a little and now I'm going to give you even more. And if you look at God's generosity through Scripture, through the story of Scripture, time and time and time again, you will see that God says, I want you to be generous, and then people go and are generous, and God says, no, I'm going to give you even more now. And that was why we said last week, when we talked about going all in and putting everything in, it's because there's no risk involved for us as Christians. We put it all in, and God's going to give it back, and more, and more, and more. And we don't do it so that we get more, we do it to give generously and obediently and then God will bless us. We don't do it because he's then going to bless us. Okay, we don't give our bike away in the hope that he's going to give us an upgrade and give us a car. We do it because it's the right thing to do and it's the thing that's going to have the greatest impact. Let's have a, let's have a little look at, uh, at what some of the children and young people have done. Could you bring your, 
could you bring your sheets over, please? And we'll have a. I know we're not going to get them on camera, but I'll try and give a, a, a flavour. I think I've got a mic here somewhere. Yes, I have. Wonderful. So if you'd like to come up, bring your sheets over. Let's just have a little look at them together and we'll see what we can learn from you because you've been listening to us brilliantly this morning. Oh, there we go. Let's have a look. So what have we got on here? So, how can you be generous with your time? What, what does it say here? By, by, can you read it for me? This one here. Hang on a minute. I'll turn it on. Try again. Being kind and staying positive. I can't, I can't read that last bit myself, but being kind and staying, staying well done. Brilliant. Thank you very much. That's great. And let's have a look at your pictures. Um, I'm not sure they'll come out on camera, but, but there we go. We've got... Um, now that looks, like, that looks to me like someone's got socks on their head. Is that right, this one? No. Um, so, draw a picture of when you have seen or experienced generosity. What's going on in that picture, that top one? Um, it really, it makes you feel really happy. She feels really happy. Brilliant, because someone's been generous. Thank you. Daisy, let's have a look at yours. So, you've drawn lots of pictures. Can you tell us what's going on in one of your pictures? Um, um, my, my friend just given me a purse. Oh, brilliant. Okay, that's Rachel, is it? And that was her being generous to you. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Well done. There's more on the other side. We'll look at those a bit later. What have we got on here? Me cleaning up. <gasps> Say that again. Turn around and look at everybody. I'm cleaning up. Cleaning up. <laughs> Wonderful. How does that happen? What's the secret? No, that's great. And what else have we got here? How can you use your talent? What does it say? I think it's about cleaning up again, isn't it? It's clean the floor. Is that right? Clean the floor. And what's this one? How can you use your resources, your treasures? What's, that, what's happening there? I'm giving a picture to someone. Giving a picture to someone. Brilliant. That's great. Thank you to all of you who come forward. <laughs> Wonderful. How are we getting on up there? done something okay would you like to share one of them for us which one and tell us which one and what you did <laughs> what you can be generous with your time with yeah and what was that fantastic make people happy when they're sad and help people in need great anybody else no no show me your phones later we'll have a look that's fine <laughs> Great. Okay. Um, I just want to. I just want to have a, a look at one one last piece of scripture, and this is uh, from um, Deuteronomy chapter fifteen, verses seven to eleven, um, and it, it gives us. You know, we've we've looked at the early church, but let's go back into the Old Testament. What did the What did God say in the Old Testament about how we should live? It says from verse seven: If anyone is poor among your fellow Israelites in any of the towns of the land that your Lord your God is giving you, don't be hard-hearted or tight-fisted toward them. Rather, be open-handed and freely lend them whatever they need. Be careful not to harbour this wicked thought that the seventh year, the year of cancelling debts, is near. 
so that you do not show ill will towards the needy among your fellow Israelites and give them nothing. They may then appeal to the Lord against you and you will be found guilty of sin. Instead, give generously to them and do so without a grudging heart. And then, because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand to. There will always be poor people in the land. Therefore, I command you to be open-handed towards your fellow Israelites who are poor and needy in your land. God calls us to live open-handedly, not to hold tightly to the things that we've been given, but to live in a way that we are able to let go of them and to give them and to use them for other people. Uh, And the promise is that then, because of that generosity, that God will bless us in all of our work and in everything that we put our hands to. Uh, We were, we've run out of time, we were going to have a look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9 as well. I'll let you do that in your own time. Um, But again, in that we see what happens when we're generous. It says that if we sow sparingly, then we'll reap sparingly, but if we sow generously, we will reap generously. Um, I just want to finish with, um, we've looked at John chapter 3 verse 16, um, but uh, I want us to look at 1 John 3 verse 16. I want to read this to you as we, uh, as we close, uh, and I'll invite the band to, um, to come and to join me. So 1 John 3 verse 16, a much less well-known verse than John 3 16. And this is how we know what love is. That Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech but with actions and with truth. Amen. Amen. May that be our guiding principle that we love, and not just people in the church, but beyond the church. Not with words, but with our actions. May our values become our attitudes, and may they become our actions and our behaviours. Would you take your seats just for, for one moment? I've just found some notes I made. I spent two minutes before the service just thinking, how have I, I I can't ask the children these questions and not answer them myself, how have I experienced or seen generosity in uh, in our fellowship um, recently or or over a number of years? And and these are the things that stood stood out to me um, based on um, our recent experience. So uh, support for uh, two student ministers over the last uh, three and five years respectively. Uh, I know that that Stuart and Mike are so grateful uh, for our support, our financial support, whether it's the support we gave as a fellowship or the individual support that some people were able to give um, as uh, as families. Um, Prayer, generosity in prayer, for uh, specifically for Sue and Les Mabry recently. Um, And I spoke to, to Les this week and he's just so thankful and feels so uplifted and supported by our ongoing prayers and our our support. We can't be much practical support to them at the moment, 
Um, but we can pray for them, we can send cards, we can email and, and call them and encourage them. Um, there are many ways in which people give generously of their time um, and practical support to support others who are struggling for, for various different reasons. And sometimes that's short term, but occasionally that's long term. And people are still in it for the long haul, which is wonderful. Um, there was, um, there was a, a, a former, I think I'm right in saying, it was a former member of our church who, who gave a pot of money uh, for us to bless others with. So a bit like the fellowship fund, but for people outside of the church, connected to Rayleigh Baptist Church, but not part of the church. Um, and we've been able to do that uh, and, and bless, I think, three or four people so far. There's still a little bit of that money left. And that is a, that's a huge blessing to be able to say to someone, we, we recognise you're in need and that this, this might just get you uh, back on your feet again. Uh, and that's, that's wonderful. Um, and then the last thing that struck me was uh, cards, chocolates and cake. And that's my own personal experience. Um, your, your generosity to me, um, uh, either because I've, been, I've injured myself and the, the, you know, the, it's been a longer journey than we all anticipated, I realise that, uh, but regular cards, uh, occasional cake, sausage rolls, any, any number of foodstuffs um, have been wonderful. But, but cards and encouragement um, have been great. And, and I know that there are, are gifts, not, not just to us as a family, but to, to others in the fellowship, gifts and flowers um, and, and cards and expressions of love, uh, plants um, and gardening and all sorts of things. We are a very generous fellowship and we've just sung uh, bless the Lord O my soul but actually those, those actions that I've just described are a blessing to God and God will bless you and bless us in turn as a result of them so as we draw our time to a close and we say goodbye to those who are online very shortly um, I want to remind you that there are refreshments at the back for those who are here uh, there's tea and coffee and squash and water and biscuits Woohoo, biscuits! Um, which is great. Next week, we're looking at our second value, which is that of risk, risk-taking. Um, and, um, uh, and to embody that, um, we've got John and Ken's life groups leading the service that day. We're taking a risk on that. No, we're not. We're not. We're looking forward to it. We're looking forward to it. Um, and I should let you know that the week after, on the 14th of August, um, there will be no gathering here. Instead, we're going to meet at the park for a picnic. Um, informal time, we're going to have some games, bring, bring some drinks and, uh, and some food, uh, and we're going, to, we're going to gather together at the park. We were going to do this anyway after one of our gatherings, um, but we have to cancel our gathering here because the first of the groundworks for the building project will begin, uh, and it has to happen on a Sunday because they don't like closing the road midweek, apparently. Not that you'd ever know in Rayleigh, but there we are. So... So the drive will be out of action, the road will be blocked, um, and so we're not going to meet here, we're just going to gather at the, at the park. Um, if it looks like it's going to be bad weather, we'll contact you all with a second plan. But with a second plan, don't worry, there is a plan B. Okay, so no gathering on the 14th, we will email. If you're not part of our email list, please contact reception, let us know and we will we'll get you onto that list. Um, I think we're nearly there, let me just pray. Um, and then we'll, uh, we'll finish. Father God, we, uh, we want to thank you for, for our time together this morning. Father, we want to thank you for the opportunity to, to bless you with our worship. 
Um, and Lord, to, to think about and to talk about those ways in which we are able to be generous in your image. Father, as we go today, as we go into this week, Lord, would you, would you help us to plan to be generous? Help us to think now about the ways in which we might be generous this week and help us to equip ourselves ready to do it in your name, for your service and for your glory. Amen. Amen.